Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website www.exchangechurch.org.au. Great, great to be with you again as we open up the Bible today. This is a really important part of Exchange Church. We want to see God's Word come into our hearts uh, to grow us deeply in Christ, to grow us deeply in the Gospel, which transforms us and renews us and makes us into the people that God created us to be, uh, to love and serve Him and to love and serve each other. Uh, so it's a joy today to come and open up the Word again as an important part of our Exchange Church life. Uh, we'll be going through the book of Colossians over the last few months and uh, the last few weeks we'll be into a bit of a mini-series. But to set ourselves up as we think about Gospel families again today, I need to re- just uh, retell a story to you guys that I experienced uh, quite a few years ago. Uh, one day I was with a guy uh, picking up some pipes or pick up some irrigation pipes for the orchard and uh, we were just chatting away as we loaded these pipes in the truck and uh, just talking about life and probably sport and footing a few things, who knows, whatever was coming out. Uh, but then his wife came out to ask this man a question who was helping me to load these irrigation pipes. Uh, she gave the question and then he looked back angrily at her and said, can't you see I'm busy? in a really, really cold way. Well, I was sort of a bit taken aback there, and it was like, well, there's, there's tension, I can feel it. Uh, I looked at his wife, and, and she just sort of walked away sheepishly and back into the house, and then he just made a few more demeaning comments about her at that point in time. I was a bit shocked. I, I couldn't sense, obviously, any love at all in that relationship or in that exchange right there. And then I can remember driving home in the truck that day after picking the pipes up and thinking, mate, what sort of marriage would that be? It just just to see it firsthand like that was just, yeah, really, really cold. Uh, Paul's going to talk to uh, the Colossians today and us, uh, particularly husbands here, about loving our wives, loving our wives. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, Colossians chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 4 again, and then 18 through 21. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Uh, Cross the verses 18 through 21. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands... Love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Let's pray, guys. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity today to come and to open up your living, eternal word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for inspiring Paul the Apostle to write to the Colossians as Epaphras was leading them as their faithful pastor. Paul writes inspired writings to help grow them in the gospel. What a privilege it is today that we get to open up this same word the Colossians heard 2,000 years ago. This word hasn't changed. We haven't changed. The circumstances of life haven't changed. But Lord, you never change. And you bring this same word into our hearts and lives now. So I pray, Holy Spirit, do good things to renew us today, particularly husbands, to love their wife just as Christ loves the church. And help us to support them in that, we pray. 
We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you have just joined with us for the first time today, we are in the middle of a mini-series here in, amongst our Colossians series. Uh, we're looking at gospel families, husband and wife, and uh, children over three weeks. We did uh, wife last week, husband this week, and children next week. Uh, what's crucially important here is that you do listen to all three talks. You can listen to one talk on its own, and that's okay, but you won't get the complete picture. You won't get the full picture. It'll be like looking at a jigsaw puzzle with 100 pieces in it, but either 33 pieces or 66 pieces are missing if you only listen to one talk or two talks. Get the whole three talks and you get the complete picture here of what the Holy Spirit is doing in building strong gospel families. Exchange Church is all about connecting people to Jesus and growing people in Jesus. And what flows out of that mission in doing that in the gospel is growing strong marriages, building strong marriages, marriages that are real, marriages that are prepared for the challenges ahead, marriages that grow in joy because of Jesus. We need to see here the Holy Spirit is desiring to rebuild every aspect of our lives to renew us into the image of Jesus Christ when we become born again and now called Jesus our Lord and Saviour. And today we want to look at husbands and their role that God has given them to glorify God. Now, please don't switch off. If you're saying, if you're thinking, I'm not a husband today, I can just check out right now. No, no, I'm cool. I don't need to worry about this. Please don't switch off. Today's talk is for everybody. Everybody. If you're not a husband... This will then help you to understand what God has called them to do and also help you to pray for them and support them and encourage them in that role as they seek to be a godly husband who loves their wife and build a strong marriage. So don't switch off. Stay with us. Here's our big idea as we think about today. Filled with the Holy Spirit, we can sacrificially and unreservedly love our wife the way Jesus loves us. Let me say it again. Filled with the Holy Spirit, we can sacrificially and unreservedly love our wife the way Jesus loves us. Okay, let's jump into it. Last week, we looked at God's order. We spent a fair bit of time thinking about God's order for marriage and for male and for female uh, from Genesis chapter 2. We spent a lot of time doing it. We're not going to go back over that today, but if you missed it, Go back and listen to part one. That helps complete the big picture here as we go through this talk. I'll just say it again, though. God's sovereign order as our creator is that the husband is given the role and responsibility to lead a marriage in a God-honoring way. This is the role and responsibility that God has given to him. He is to take the headship and lead in a direction that makes God-glorifying decisions for the marriage. That's a role distinctly given by God to men. I know that sounds a bit countercultural, but go back to last week's message and you'll hear what we said about that. What does that mean? It means this. The buck stops with the husband. He is to take up that role and lead his wife in a direction so that they both follow God and grow in God the way God has designed them to be in male and female. The husband carries out this role as the head, as the lead, in complete consideration of his wife, who is his equal in every way in personhood in the sight of God. The wife, the female, is equal in every way in personhood, 
but they are given different roles, distinct roles and and, uh, responsibilities. The husband is given the role of lead, of heading up the relationship. So, without going back over all that again from Genesis, the husband is the head of the marriage. That is God's created order. Having said that, what do we see today when we see uh, relationships or marriages like that? What do we see here today in husbands regarding their leading? Sometimes we see husbands doing a fantastic job of loving their wives and doing it really, really well. But other times we don't see that. We see this. We see husbands who are dictators and not leaders. We see husbands who are dominating bullies and they take no consideration for their wife. We see husbands who run away from the responsibility of leading because they're lazy and they're selfish. Or maybe they run away because they've got a very strong-willed wife who puts a lot of pressure upon them as well. But we see that. Why do we see that? Why does that happen? Why do we see domination instead of loving leadership? Primarily, this happens because we've rebelled against God's order and the system is now broken that God created. We've sinned against God. We've rejected his way and we've gone our own way to do our own thing. We want to rule our own lives and do it our way. It's a bit like that song, I did it my way. That's what happens when we do it our way. We actually get dramas and all sorts of problems come into our life. As Paul writes to the Colossians, he is right onto this. He can see exactly what's taking place in the world around about him. Look at how he ends here in verse 19. He says this, husbands love your wives, yep. But then he ends with this. And do not be harsh with them. Do not be harsh with them. It's just a really simple verse here, but it says so much to us. It says so much to us here. Love your wife and don't be harsh with her. You see, Paul knows this and sees it firsthand with husbands in his day. He sees the fallout and the destruction of sinful attitudes and sinful actions, and he sees this harshness happening in his day. He's saying, husbands, don't be bitter with your wife. Husbands, don't be strict with your wife. Husbands, don't be rough with your wife. Husband, don't stomp all over and crush your wife verbally. Husbands, don't lay a finger on her in anger or in violence. Husbands, don't be harsh with your wife. Now, speaking from my own perspective, it's only by the grace of God that I've never physically hurt my wife in anger or in violence. Now, I've been tempted to on occasions, and I'll be honest here. I've allowed selfishness and anger, as it were, to brood up within me. And I've sensed that desire to sort of lash out physically, just suddenly just give birth in my mind to just want to lash out in in a really heated moment. I've never done it. I praise God that I've never done it. And I know it's only the grace of God that has kept me from doing that. But having said that, I know I've also verbally hurt my wife on occasions. I've done that. I've demeaned her with insensitive comments said in just the right tone to inflict hurt upon her. And I've also done it in front of other people at the right time too, just to make me look cool and to make her look dumb and silly. 
I'm guilty of that. I'm not proud of that at all, of my sinful comments that have come out that have demeaned Laurel at times. Why would I do that? Why do others even go to the next level and carry out violence towards their wife? Why is one woman every nine days killed in Australia, murdered in Australia because of domestic violence? We are broken, sinful people who have rejected God. We're broken. Our core, our inner person is absolutely broken. Currently, currently, every third marriage now in Australia ends in divorce. The average age of a marriage is around about 12 years. Now that, that sounds like a long time, but 12 years is not long at all. If you think about a 12-year marriage, they've probably got two or three kids and they're very young in age and the marriage is ending in divorce. That's a shocking statistic. Why does this happen? This happens because we are broken, sinful people who have rejected God. That is the underlying problem in us that we bring into a marriage. Broken, sinful people who have rejected God. But you see, the gospel changes everything. The good news of Jesus Christ redeems and restores marriages. You see, this is the very reason why Paul is writing to the Colossian church here. He wants them to grow in the gospel. He wants the gospel to transform every part of their lives. Because he knows as the gospel transforms them, in turn it will grow them as individuals. And in turn again, it will grow them into great, healthy, strong marriages through all of their relationships. It's Paul's desire here in Colossae to see strong, healthy gospel marriages. This is why he writes to them, to grow in this way. Look again here back in verse 19. He says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. What's he say as part of gospel redemption? Husbands, love your wives. That seems simple enough, doesn't it? Husbands, love your wives. Go out and buy them flowers, buy them chocolates, buy them jewellery. Love your wives. Do we think that's what Paul means there when he says, love your wife? What does Paul mean when he says that there, love your wife? What does the word love mean? You see, the word love there in the English doesn't give us our fullest meaning of what Paul is trying to communicate there. Actually, we have to go back to the Greek to discover what Paul is saying when he says this. The Greek word there of agapao is the Greek word there for love. It means sacrificial love. Agapal. Sacrificial love. So when the Greek-speaking people hear this, they saw this to be a sacrificial love, not a romantic or an affectionate love. Now, nothing wrong with romance and nothing wrong with affection, but sacrificial love goes way deeper and way stronger than romantic or affectionate love or any other love could do. Sacrificial love is a deep, strong, glorious love. And Paul actually shows this love, this sacrificial love, this agapal, in Ephesians chapter 5. You have a look with me as we go back to you. This is where Shayla read for us earlier on. Ephesians chapter 5, 25, 27 says this. Husbands, love your wives. We've already seen that in Colossians, haven't we? Now, 
as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Guys, friends, if, if we could camp on that passage for a while, we would be filled with wonder and our hearts, our hearts would burst with love for Christ. If we could just sit on that and take that in. Let's just look at a couple of things here as we think about that today. Husbands, here's our call. It's in verse 25. Look with me again at that. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. How did Christ love the church? Us, his people. How did he do that? It says there, Jesus gave himself up for her. What does that mean? What did he give up for her? What did you give up, Jesus? Jesus died for the church. Jesus died for us. We are the church, those who are trusting and following in Jesus. Jesus sacrificed his life for the church, for us, for people. Out of love for us, Jesus chose to leave the glory of heaven, the realms of glory in heaven where he was, and humble himself into a body of a man. Constrained himself in that, made a choice. With that body, he then took on, he now chose to die a humiliating and painful death on a Roman cross for our rebellion. If you look at what Jesus is doing there, he's making sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice out of love for us. He loved the church. He gave himself up for the church out of his unending and overflowing love towards us. Sacrificial love. But look at what Jesus is doing here with this love. Look again in verse 26 and 27. He says there, He's making her the church that is, that is us, the people, beautiful by his love. He's presenting us holy, spotless, in splendor, without wrinkle, without blemish. What picture does that give you when you think about that? Think about the whole marriage aspect here. And you think about spotless, without wrinkle, with no blemish, and holy, and beautiful, and splendor. What, what picture comes to mind? I know a picture comes to my mind. It's the picture of my beautiful bride of over 30 years ago walking down the aisle, as it were, glowing and radiating in beauty and in splendor. Can you see what Jesus has done? Can you see what Jesus is doing right now? His sacrificial love is making us more and more beautiful in holy character, in preparation for our eternal home with him. That is a glorious picture. That takes my breath. When I looked at that earlier this week, it just took my breath away as I just began to think about those words there, what Jesus is doing. When I thought about he's presenting me holy and with splendor and without spot or wrinkle, without blemish, I couldn't find the words to describe the joy I was beginning to feel at that moment. There was something like a, a, a knot in my stomach that, that just wanted to 
burst out with, thank you, Jesus, that you're making me beautiful. But I couldn't find the words to describe that. But it's a glorious picture here of the love, the sacrificial love that Jesus shows. And husbands, this is the same love that we are called to show our wife. We are to look at her with all of her imperfections and sacrificially love her to make her look beautiful, to look splendid. We are to see our wife just like we see ourselves, imperfect vessels, imperfect persons. And then with the power and the love that Jesus has given us, we in turn love her to make her beautiful, to make her radiant in the gospel. So how might that look? How do I love my wife sacrificially and lead our marriage in a God-honoring way? How do I do this? Well, a circumstance may present itself. A decision needs to be made. Something happens between husband and wife. There's got to be happening something happening there for a decision to be made. A real-life example for me is this. <coughs> when I got married, I refused to call Laurel's parents dad and mum. Even though Laurel wanted me to do that, I had my own convictions and I wasn't going to move or budge a millimetre. Not moving, not doing it. Did that hurt Laurel? Yes. But she dealt with it very well at the time. Why did I do this? Well, part of me just didn't want to do it. And a part of me says, well, I'm the boss. I'll make my stand right here, thanks. And another part of me wasn't really loving Laurel as I should have. Would it have hurt me to yield to my wife's wishes? Would it have hurt me? No, no, it wouldn't. I was simply being stubborn, proud and insensitive to my wife at that time. And in a sense, in my mind, I'm thinking, eh, I'm going to teach her a lesson here about who's the boss in this marriage. That's the sort of stuff that was happening. Suffice to say, this went on for about 15 years in this sort of pattern. Then... Under God's conviction one day, just uh, the way God worked, convicted me about that. I, I yielded to my wife's wishes and uh, carried out that task. And, and now I can happily say I carried that out uh, with no problems whatsoever. I look back and I think, what the heck was I doing for the first 15 years? Now, that may be a small time decision. Maybe in the scheme of things it is. But am I making a sacrifice? In my mind I am. Initially, I didn't want to do that. So I did make a sacrifice there. So how does that work then in, in reaching that situation? Well, I, I consider my wife's thoughts and feelings on an issue, and then even if it's not my preferred option in that particular case, I'll make a call in her direction to love my wife and to make her look beautiful in that way. Now, you might ask, well, how does this make her look beautiful? As she sees me yield to her wishes and her desire at this particular time, she's encouraged to follow Jesus even more as she sees Jesus working out through my life. And when she follows Jesus even more, that makes her look beautiful. Now, just a little bit of a tip here that may help to think, am I getting the balance right in this? Because you might think, if I, if I just make one sacrificial decision, that should be enough. Mm, probably not. But for me... I probably need to feel like I'm giving more decisions in her way 
than my way and I'm probably getting the balance right. Not that I'm trying to make a measurement there, but that can be a helpful guide perhaps to help us there. But in that sense of how that works and showing sacrificial love for my wife, what's the result then of this gospel love that I now show for her? Let me tell you what it is. You'll get this. It's the breeding ground of a strong, loving marriage. It's a wife who feels loved, listened to and cared for. It's a wife who feels valued. It's a wife who now is respected. It's a wife who's feeling in oneness with her husband as he makes these sacrificial acts of love for her. It's a wife now who should gladly and willingly submit to and respect her husband. It's a wife who confidently now supports her husband as he leads their marriage. It's a wife who will gladly defer now to his calls as he leads towards a deeper marriage in Christ. You just ask a woman, what do they want in marriage? Ask them what they want. They just want to be loved. They desperately want to be loved. God's created them to be loved. Now, will this sacrificial love work out perfectly here on earth? No. No. Will her husband make mistakes? Yes. Yes, he will. Too often, when we come into a marriage, we bring these unrealistic expectations and expect our spouse, as it were, to save us from a hopeless life. That he or she will somehow save me from this broken life that I'm feeling with all this frustration and emptiness. That somehow my spouse, my husband or my wife will make me completely happy. He'll save me or she'll save me. Sorry, it won't happen like that. Often we expect way too much from our spouse. What we expect is only what Jesus can deliver to us. Because ultimately only Jesus can save us. My husband and my wife cannot save me from an empty, fruitful, or so empty or despairing life. Only Jesus can do that. You see, the gospel redeems marriage. The gospel restores marriage. Now, as I think about this, I ask myself, what is the purpose of a marriage then as we close this out? What is the purpose of my marriage? Is it just to have a strong marriage? Our marriage is meant to be a showcase. Our marriage is meant to be on display. What is it showing? Look what Paul says here in Ephesians 5, 31, 32. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it, that it refers to Christ and the church. Glorious passage of script there, following on to the other passage we just saw. Verse 31 there is referring to the oneness of marriage. A husband and wife leave their parents and they become one. And it's more in a sense that he's talking about perhaps of a sexual union, which is a very sacred unifying act. But Paul's highlighting here the oneness, the oneness of marriage in relationship. But look what Paul says. He goes on to verse 32 here. He says, this mystery of union is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. It's like similar to Christ and the church. A marriage is similar to Christ and the church. What does Paul mean here when he says that? Think about what Jesus does. Jesus brings us into oneness with himself. He unites us to himself 
through his life, death and resurrection. That when we acknowledge who Jesus is and what he's done and died on the cross for our sins, he comes into our life and we are one with Christ. We are united with him in this glorious and wonderful and beautiful relationship. How does that relationship then happen with us and Jesus? Think about this. Jesus submits to the will of the Father to go to the cross. Submission. And at the same time, Jesus loves us sacrificially. So what do we see there? Submission and love demonstrated by Jesus. And over the last two weeks, we've been talking about marriage. What have we seen there? We spoke last week about a wife submitting to a husband. This week, it's a husband loving his wife. Submission and love. So what, what do we get to show and to display through our marriage? Submission and love. Our marriage is meant to be a show and a display of the gospel, the gospel of submission and the gospel of love, to glorify Jesus Christ. Our marriage isn't about us and who we are. We're not the central focus of our marriage. Our marriage is all about Jesus. Our marriage is all about the beautiful submission he shows to the Father and the sacrificial love he shows to us. We now get to demonstrate that submission and that love to each other and put it on show for our community to see a marriage that is redeemed by the gospel. A marriage that is restored by Jesus Christ. Now, as part of our Exchange Church Vision Plan 2025, that's what we want to see, is strong gospel marriages. We are working towards that in Exchange Church. We want to grow the gospel in people's hearts and lives, so that will grow them, help them to grow strong, living and life-giving marriages. Healthy in Christ. Maybe this is your first time to exchange. Maybe you've clicked on today for the very first time. We want to say welcome. Maybe you're thinking, that's the sort of marriage I want to have. And as I think about that, I want to meet this Jesus. We would love to introduce you to Jesus. He's the one who pulls our marriages together. As we finalize now, where do you sit with that, husbands? Where do you sit with that as you think about the sacrificial love of Jesus? Perhaps you see yourself as a heavy-handed, dominating husband who doesn't really love his wife properly. Perhaps you see yourself as a husband who hasn't considered your wife's feelings and desires with enough sensitivity. You've coldly run over the top of her. You've done it your way. Maybe you see yourself like that. Here's what I'd do. Find a very quiet spot with your wife at the right time and ask her this honestly and, and ask her to answer honestly as well. Sweetheart, how have I been going in loving you? Please answer me honestly. I really want to love you the way Jesus has loved us. Have I been doing that? And get her to answer honestly in a loving environment. And you may fall short. And if the wife answers in that loving way, know that God is there to forgive us. 
God has a fountain of grace that restores and redeems and forgives whatever has happened. It picks us up and it renews us to go forward in the power of the gospel and to love our wives in such a way that it really does demonstrate the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ. You can see this is God's will for our life. God's will is for our lives to flourish, our marriages to flourish through all the brokenness of our own life and the brokenness of this world. And that to be a showcase of his glory working out through our lives and into our community. And this comes about as we keep seeing Jesus and looking on Jesus and not taking our eyes off Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you today. Thank you today for this tremendous opportunity we can have to come and open up your word. Father, thank you for the gift of Christ. Thank you for the gift of his sacrifice and his submission. His submission to your will to go to the cross to rescue and save us and to do this out of sacrificial love towards us. Lord, as we think about wives and husbands over these last two weeks, I pray, Lord, let us bring submission and love together in a marriage that would just blossom and bloom and grow with great joy. God, I pray for redemption to take place in marriages. I pray, Lord, for times of perhaps tears and forgiveness as wives and husbands come and just submit themselves to you, Lord. God, it's, it's, it's my heart's longing to see gospel marriages just grow in such strength in our church to really radiate, Lord, uh, your love out into this world. So, Father, today I pray, please, please do that work, Holy Spirit, in the hearts and minds of husbands and wives and help us as a church to gather around these ones to love them and to care for them and to see them made whole and complete in you, Lord. God, today... We ask that, we pray that in Jesus' precious and mighty name. Amen. Amen. Guys, uh, thanks so much for joining with us today. Hey, we really would love for you to connect with us. Uh, There's our uh, email address, info at exchangechurch.org.au on the bottom of the screen. If you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if you'd just love to know more about us, please, please connect with us. Stay with us now as uh, as we close with a song. God bless. We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today. If you have any questions or comments from today's talk, please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au. Also, we love to welcome new people to Exchange Church in person, so consider yourself invited to be with us.